It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, how are you, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fistful of Collars. Your favorite jujitsu podcast, certainly my favorite jujitsu podcast. I hope so, dude. <laughs> we got a new crew on the table this week, but uh, same old stuff in store for you. We're gonna talk about some jujitsu, so hope you guys uh, have some fun out there. On the end, straight from the shores of Santorini. Ooh, <laughs> sounds good, <laughs> right? Chase Smith uh, back again, of course, and then making his podcast de- debut. We got Ryan Smith out here, straight from Miami. That's right. Good to be here as well. Uh, Ryan and I just just got back yesterday oh, yeah. from Miami. We visited Fight Sports Academy with mm-hmm. Cyborg and Muhammad and just about anybody who's anybody was there. It was crazy, right? Yeah, my yeah. old home, man. That that's where you grew up, or no, no, that's where you you, you spent some time. There. You yeah, yeah. There, right? yeah. I used to train there and uh, started filmmaking career there. Nice. So, but it was incredible to be there. What a trip, huh? Right, right. Let's uh, let's talk about this one a little bit because, um, like we said, this is. Uh, Fight sports. We're just you know two and a half weeks out from. from I can't ABC. believe it's almost here, man. We've been like preparing for this for almost a whole year. It feels like, and now it's on our doorstep, man. Exactly. Finally, two weeks away now from ADCC World Championship. We've been talking about this one for a while, um, but it was incredible to go to fight sports. You've been to fight sports before in my. I have, man. And what a, what a vibe! It, it really. Everyone says their team is a family. That they're that that they're they're one team. But I just feel like. It, so included in what they're doing there they're, they're so welcoming but also just like kind of terrifying it's, it's some serious <laughs> training man some real, serious training real. what it looked like out there so close to the tournament were they still going hard what do you think Ryan were they still going hard they always go hard so <laughs> you know that's what I'm used to seeing and uh, yeah right around the corner from ADCC um, you know the mats are always stacked, but I think especially this year I mean what a crew they had down there let's, let's talk about who they had who they ha- had there um, Cyborg of course yeah. Muhammad Ali Patrick Gaugio from yeah. from GF Team, mm-hmm. um, Dorino on the mats, Tom Halpin who's in at sixty six kilograms, Anna Carolina Vieira who's in uh, in under sixty kilograms the female division, Wagner Hosha of course yeah. is yeah. there, Baby Monster yeah. um, was there. Is that a person per every division? I it's th- it's a yeah it's, it's a multiple. full quiver yeah 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 you got um, eighty eight Dorino and, and Baby Monster even though they're different teams and then you had over ninety nine. Um, uh, Ali and, and Cyborg mm-hmm. in there. You have Patrick Gaugio in under 99. You had um, Anna Carolina under 60. Wagner in 77. Tom Halpin in 66. It was like so hard to keep track of yeah. all these guys, right? Yeah. What, yeah. Was, what was your favorite part of the of the trip, man? Oh, man. I mean, definitely the pro training or the sunset training session. I mean, uh, we, being out, we packed it. Yeah. Full stuff. It was a full 24-hour trip uh, front to back. They really rolled out the red carpet for us. Yeah. yeah. What did the training look like? What are they doing? The pro training session, I guess. 
man, at, at the end of every pro training session, I mean, the mats are just covered with sweat. Mm. And it is a who's <laughs> who. a slip and slide. Yeah, and they're going hard at each other. Um, is it just sparring? We're doing some wrestling? Like, what, yeah. what, what was the structure of it? I think this, this is an interesting time because, you know, we are less than three weeks out from the competition, you know, so guys maybe are kind of pull it, just starting to taper back just a little bit. Nobody wants to get hurt. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of pullouts. Um, recently, so I think people are really trying to mitigate that and trying to do less of that. Um, they did. They did say that they've been doing a lot of ten-minute rounds, twenty-minute rounds, you know. But I think they're kind of done with that. Mm. Kind of done with those long rounds, you know, those long pushing, pushing for the cardio and stuff. And uh, this time, at least when we were there, doing they were doing a lot of these um, Shark Tank rounds, yeah. you know, kind of two minutes on, two minutes off, three guys in a group. Yeah, three guys in a, in a group, kind of kind of rushing in into open guard. Mm. Um, one of the ones that we were watching. The closest because it was just yeah. it was just so hard to I take your eyes off of it. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah. It was this, this group with with Gaudio, Ali, and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Insane, right? It, it, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. You like the entire time. I mean, they're they're just going back and forth with each other, and uh, you know they're neck and neck the entire time, pushing each other, getting ready for ADCC. Mm. Yeah, that that that's a group of monsters right yeah, there. Yeah. I gotta say, I just love the fact that. Um, I think it's one of the only camps in the world where you have different teams coming together like that, where they're also going to be competing against one another potentially. I mm-hmm. mean, there's, it's just such a welcoming situation and really unique, I think. Yeah, man, the fight sports, they really do have a great vibe out there. I mean, yeah. it's, maybe it's the Miami vibe, you can talk about that, but, uh, you know, it just there's such a great vibe there. And, and yeah, Cyborg talked about it, you know, opening his doors for, for just about anybody who, who wanted to come and, and train with them, you know, and a couple people took him up on his uh, – on his, um, wish there or whatever um but um yeah i don't know any other other guys there besides I me mean, there's so many any other so many. anybody else stick out to you that was a uh, fun fun to watch well i think uh you know baby monster getting invited to adcc i mean it definitely made made his day yeah, um, so yeah. getting out there celebrating with him and uh you know he he was kind of pulling back a little bit but uh you know he's going to be making his adcc debut here soon he was jacked about that, man. He was really excited, you know, and, and uh, he, he made a point to say that, like, he's not just satisfied with an invite mm-hmm. either, you know, like, right. he, Baby Monster, this is a, a dream come true, something, you know, it's a dream come true for everybody, really, right? Um, but he was he was not going to squander his opportunity. He, he'd worked, you know, he got silver in 2015 doing the trials. And, and this year as and well. It's a double silver medals, um, just, just by a razor close uh, margin missed you know that gold medal missed the um, the qualifier, so uh, he finally you know got the got the invite just two weeks out, and and he's not going to waste the opportunity. That, that's he, true. He's been knocking on that door for a while in the gym. He's always the guy that's pushing the pace. I mean, there there are a lot of big guys there, right? But you know, over the years, Baby Monster has always been the guy that you know is constantly uh, pushing the other guys to to keep going. And um, man, I, I'm just so happy for him that he gets a chance to finally show everybody uh, what he's capable of. He's a great dark horse for sure. He's got and, just uh, some good wrestling. Like, yeah. Really, yeah. I, we saw that Kasai actually. You know, he, he's a tough guy to move around. You know, uh, Baby Monsters had a really interesting year in a way because he got that silver medal trials. He's so close, but that put him on Kasai's radar, and so he got added to Kasai, I believe, last minute, and uh, had a great showing there. You know, he didn't. He didn't win a lot, but he was clearly made himself known as a force, and I think his game will actually transition better yeah. to ADCC than, than Kasai's rules. Um, so, man, he could go from being right there on the edge to you know taking out some favorites and making himself a household name. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of ADCC is that mm-hmm. it is your shot. You know, look at Craig Jones. He's, we always point to that example, but that's something that we were there for where 
Craig Jones was, oh, yeah, he's a good guy from Australia. You got Leandro Lowe up first. I don't know how that's going to go. To like, oh, shit, Craig Jones is is the first match. Like, he's the number one seed now in 88, most likely. So, um, yeah. Yeah, ADCC can make you a star, Mm -hmm. right? You know, no matter matter who you are. And and that's the great thing about it. It's it's four matches. And and if you just go out there and and win those four matches, or not even, you know, like you said, Craig didn't even win the whole thing, you know, but he he just had a great performance. Eddie Bravo, of course, another guy who just had a great performance and, and, you know, kind, kind of making their careers off of it. So... Just days away now from yeah. from uh, from this history making tournament. Uh, super super jacked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby monster should be fun. Wagner, of course, there. You know, doing the python to just about everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's always fun to watch. You know, <laughs> you know uh, you've been to a, a few big camps for this this year, Reed. I, I don't want to make you. I'm not quizzing you, but uh, were there any like similarities between the way they are running the training sessions? Uh, were, were a lot of the gyms doing long rounds? Did you see a lot of wrestling? I mean, I love to hear the differences, right? Because a lot of these guys are veterans, um, or at least their coaches are and have been there, and they, everyone seems to tailor their training towards ATC more than other events. Yeah. It's not just another tournament. The rules are very specific. The time limits are very specific. Um, anything leap out at you? Anything that you yeah, noticed? this is something that um, that cyborg even asked me a little yeah, bit about the, too. The truck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was hard to put my finger on exactly. I mean, you know, there's a, definitely a lot of similarities in that. You're, you're right that you know these ADCC rules are such a big part of winning and losing. You know, and and really understanding and knowing the rules. I think that's a big emphasis um, that John Danaher put on the camp. It seemed like a big emphasis that cyborg was putting on. Um, you know, is just understanding the rules, you know, understanding what happens if, if if the fight goes out of bounds or understanding what happens if you pull guard and things like that. You know, like I think th- those types of things are were definitely um, big parts of every camp I went to. You know, I think maybe in the past some guys had didn't know the rules and, 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 and lost. Right. But I feel like this time around, everybody's going to be pretty well versed because it's it is a complicated rule set. Not that it's complicated. It's just different. It's just different, right? And it's not that common. You only see it once every two years or yeah. the trials. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the only place really you can see these ADCC rules, especially if you get invited or, or, or you know, or a champion, is at ADCC. So a lot of these guys haven't competed in this rule set since two years ago. So, no, I think that was definitely a similarity between all of them. You know, I think everybody's training hard. That's for sure. <laughs> Everybody is taking this this tournament um, super, super serious, you know, and, and making sure that they're not only getting the good training in, but getting that good rest time in and getting, you know, the, the technical aspects um, in as well. So, I don't know, hard to put my finger on exactly that, but I think those are some things that uh, that stuck out to me anyway. Mm-hmm. On the mat, who are some of your uh, your favorite guys to watch? You know what, man? I am. I, um, I was really impressed with this Tom Halpin guy when we were there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't know too much about him. An Irish, mm-hmm. Irish grappler at '66. Um, but uh, you know, I was watching him roll, and he got had a lot of cool, um, you know, leg. Jiu-jitsu wizard, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. they called him—a wizard, right? Yeah. And they and they okay. were saying okay. we, need, we need to see him versus a uh, Jamil, maybe. Yeah. Two oh, wizards. Nice. Two, what a crazy match! What would happen when you get two wizards on the mat at the same time? There's Who a cool knows? metal song called Wizard Battle that you should listen to. Yeah, it answers that question. You'll have to send it to Two me. wizards. Can you, like, hum it? Uh, no, it's a lot of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Too intense for the hum. But, <laughs> but uh, man, and, uh, Tom also had, had some great stuff to say about about sports psychology and, and that type of thing. You know, we kind of get in this in this um, loop sometimes of this of this, you know, just train hard, 
three times a day, just, you know, kind of kill yourself, you know, just beat yourself into the ground. And that's how you get better. Um, and, and that's certainly a part of it. Right. But, um, it was refreshing to hear Tom's perspective, which was a little bit more analytical. Um, and he was a little bit more, um, technical minded and it was re- refreshing to hear. I was very impressed with, with and his Tom. day-to-day training schedule is a little bit different from a lot of the guys that we saw there. Huh? A little bit, a little bit lighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more, you know, he's pacing himself, uh, wants to get, you know, one good quality session in a day and he's really taking care of his body. And, uh, you know, he's really focused on that aspect. And I think that comes from his, uh, education with, you know, sports science. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about meditation being a big part of this mm. camp as well. Um, some things I think not a lot of, not everybody's doing. So it was a, it was an interesting perspective. He's, he's somebody to watch. I think he's going to have some fun matches at 66. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, the pohada element, the pohada training, is something that is talked about so much, right? Because yeah. no one wants to be seen as weak, even even on their own Instagrams. Like I'm always training hard. I'm training five times a day. Yeah. But you got to wonder. I mean, there have been so many pullouts of this event, and there are a lot of injuries. That's a good point. You got to wonder: um, is there a smarter way? Is, is Tom's way maybe the right balance? It's hard to say. No, the one thing you can control, I think, more so than than perfecting a technique is, like, just hours on the mat. Like, you, for me, I don't really know when I'm getting better at a technique. I just might notice one day, six months later, like, oh, I'm actually finishing guys with this. But I can tell each day, oh, I trained two hours today. I trained three hours, you know, tomorrow. You can count that more easily. And I think maybe that's what gets stressed. Why do you think guys are so obsessed with, like, training hard? What is that? What do you think, Ryan? I, mean, I think it's, you know, with ADCC right around the corner, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's how people build their legacy. And I think that, you know, it's just the desire in everybody to, to be the best. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you can't just sit on the couch because you're constantly thinking about what your competitors are doing. And uh, so I think a lot of these times these guys are, are focusing on, you know, how can they, they push it just that much harder in order mm-hmm. to get that gold at ADCC. Yeah, we got to remember, I guess, social media isn't, isn't real life exactly either, right? And it's not... Not as cool to post a picture of you of yourself resting. resting. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have those boots on, you got to yeah. get those compression boots. That's pretty sick. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Those those pictures are pretty cool. Um, so maybe maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just that you know um, on the gram it gets a lot more likes when when you're flexing, covered in sweat and <laughs> and that type of thing. But you know, hopefully. You know, we've seen jiu-jitsu come such a long way these last, you know, several years or whatever. And I think people are coming around to, to, to finding a, a, a smarter way to train. You know, we're talking about Tom and, and the way I see a lot of these Gracie Baja guys training, um, uh, Gabriel and, and, and Edwin and things like that. It seems like they're they're doing some, some high-level sports mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> there as well. Um, you know, you went out to that, that Mamba Sports Academy, that's right? right? That's and, right, out there in L.A. And, man, what a facility. It is, like, catering to, like, professional athletes currently, like, playing like when they're in their off-season as well as just, like, super rich L.A. people that can afford that kind of uh, training. That Yeah, I want to know what Gabriel's doing right now. Like, yeah, there is yeah. some secret high-level science shit going on there. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> the vibe I got, right? It's like they're, they're very analytical. They're breaking stuff down. Like, and, Kobe Bryant owns that academy. Oh, that's that's right. why it's called the Mamba Academy. Gotcha, gotcha. At least I believe that's the case. And, um, yeah, just the, the caliber of person in that building, they're all – in the top 1% of athletes. You know, mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. professional football players, basketball players. That's where they go and hang out and have fun. So to to be able to, like, be in the same room as a, that kind of person and, and to pick their brains and their trainers' brains about what you should be doing, I, I'm curious how it's going to pay off. You know, Gabriel mm-hmm. definitely looks to be in excellent shape. Same with Edwin. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, maybe that maybe the next, next road is technology and science. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen that, that type of thing 
penetrate jiu-jitsu too much. So uh, maybe you can get more and more and more and more of these sports academies will incorporate jiu-jitsu into their curriculum or whatever. Yeah. It makes me wonder, though, the overtraining thing is definitely super common, uh, not just around ADCC, but all year long, because there's not really a, a season in jiu-jitsu. It's, it's not a new topic per se, but I think it's extra relevant when you have this uh, premier event in September. Because usually there's worlds, and then if you want to try no-gi season, fine, but it's kind of limited to super fights and then maybe no-gi worlds at the end of the year. But ADCC is like another quarterly event, and there's no time off then because then you're at no-gi worlds and then Europeans. Yeah, How I mean, much the, are these the, guys the suffering? The gi, the gi season starts mm-hmm. January 1st again, you know, and so it's and you're right back on the grind. So so to, to kind of put, put, pose a question to you guys, you know, how much is the lack of a season, like, uh, a burden to these guys I mean could there be a smarter way to structure the year because right now everyone's just going I mean everyone's hustling to make every dollar they can that's also part of it is that you don't get paid if you're not competing so um, but I don't, I don't know I feel like that's definitely a huge contributing factor to some injuries and just sort of the ruthless nature of our sport yeah maybe you will see you know in, in the future um, a little bit more um, specialists Right, you know, we see some guys like you know Gordon and, and, and a lot of the Danaher guys are kind of no gi specialists and that type of thing. So maybe you will just in the future see more gi specialists, more no gi specialists. You know, and they don't really um, cross too much. You know, mm-hmm. especially the Tenth Planet guys, they don't do any, any gi or not not too uh, not usually. So I don't know. Maybe, I, I would think that uh, maybe it just it means more more opportunity is um is a good thing, right? And um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but but maybe just in the future you'll see you'll see more and more um, specialists. That's what I, I would predict. Um, any other thoughts, Ryan? I agree. You know, you got guys like uh, you know Wagner Hosho come out of MMA and then go directly into nogi, and you know that's that's what he wants to do. And um, you know, I totally agree. I think you know we're going to see a lot more specialists moving here in the future. You know what I like to see? I, I like to formalize the process a bit more than like mm, kind of fall winter we do nogi stuff. I guess like, mm-hmm. what if there was a calendar where I don't know every month there was maybe a major, not not the level of Europeans, Pans, and Worlds, but there was a big tournament, like let's say uh, a Grand Prix, if you will, or something like that, and they would alternate gi and nogi, mm-hmm. and that way. You could just sort of time your schedule a bit more, and if you were a, a gi specialist, you have a full, you know, eight weeks to get ready for the next one instead of going every other month or every month. Sorry, I don't know. I think there's a way to play with the calendar. Right now, it's very kind of haphazardly put together, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, evolved very organically rather. Maybe there could, there could be some restructuring. I don't know. Because I feel like, man, I, like last year, this this time is kind of. Not much going on. Yeah, right? exactly. It was a little bit slow. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't have ADCC, right? Um, so it was like after Worlds, there was this big lull. Now, since this is an ADCC year, after Worlds, you know, everybody just ramped back up basically mm-hmm. to ADCC. So I'm sure it is a lot. Um, Cyborg told us that he's going on two week vacation. Yeah. <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you can see why, right? Yeah. These guys, uh, these guys, have been training for for all year basically and they're going to get back right back to it well, that's, that's the way to do it you know you you walk <laughs> off with adcc gold and you're going to hawaii and if you don't you're going to hawaii you're anyway. going to hawaii yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real yeah we got to get back out there to hawaii yeah. um maybe you got to get back there no one else is gone <laughs> <laughs> no i hear fight to win going back to adcc right okay. i mean going back to hawaii right. so yeah. 
I'll have to check that one out again. That was a that was a great time as well. So uh, some major news broke yesterday. Ooh, let's talk on about the site. it. Uh, the IBJJF announced for the very first time they'll be testing for PEDs at Nogi Worlds. So that's now their second event of the year, uh, kind of equally six months apart. Um, that will have testing. What do you got? What do you guys think about that? It's, polar, it's polarizing, right? You know, a lot of guys um, have a lot of opinions about this thing, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine how how it, how it would be a bad thing, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know um, exactly the, all the details. Maybe you can fill us in, Chase, a, a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be t- testing the champions. Or I believe that's sort of an unofficial policy. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe that it's written in a way that any athlete could be tested but it's predominantly been seen to be the black gotcha. belt adult male world gotcha, champions gotcha. and female. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I think um, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a good thing to to want to to want to clean up the sport, right? And and um, IBJJF is of course the the leader in in um, in these tournaments and these jujitsu competitions. So you know, hats off to those guys for for taking the taking charge and, and taking le- the lead and, and testing yeah. it at Worlds, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah. now rolling this out even further and testing at Nogi Worlds. You know, I know some people out there think that we shouldn't test at all and just let them, you know, let people have. Uh, Exciting jiu-jitsu matches, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I, I think it's a little bit of a safety thing as well. But I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? I mean, it, it's a full spectrum, right? I mean, uh, one perspective is you want to clean up the sport, and then the other one, yeah, you want uh, exciting jiu-jitsu matches. So you know, um, maybe we're looking at a possibility where it varies tournament to tournament, and you know, some tournaments you know going in that they're going to be tests, and then other ones, you know, True. you know, they're known for like, not being like tests. Bo- like bo- like um, there's two sections of bodybuilding, right? There's like they have they have a juicy one. Yeah, yeah, and then the, and then the, the one where they test, and then the one where they don't test. Yeah. You know? Which one's more popular? Um, probably the one where they don't test, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's where like the bigger, <laughs> crazy looking dudes are. So got it. Yeah, I don't know interesting. Sure. You know what I like to see? I like to see them throw a curveball and like test a purple belt world champion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put everyone on their their toes, man. And like, I don't know what's coming next. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that it's the PDs. I, maybe I'm just naive, but I, I really don't think that it's that big of a problem at the lower belts. Or mm. you know, I, I don't know. It, maybe I feel like it gets a little bit blown out of proportion. How big of a problem that a lot of it's perceived to be in the sport. Um, so, but you know, I believe we, at Worlds we've tested, and, and you know we haven't seen too many too many guys pop o- over these last few years. So, you know, I think maybe once a year though, it's basically an IQ test, you could say. You know, true, true. You true, have true. a long time to to plan that out. And I'm by no means an expert. I, I, I know that's deceiving given my build, but <laughs> not not super clued in on the steroid stuff. But yeah, that much is pretty straightforward. But you add. If you make it three times a year, that makes it a little tricky, and you really have to pick and choose, especially now with, with the qualifying points needed. Like, these guys got to compete to even get into Worlds. So, Have you followed? You guys followed what the, um, the UFC has done over the last couple of years, right, or, or several, several more, years? More or less, more or yeah, less yeah, yeah. Right, I right. know they just show up at people's homes at 4 in the morning and collect the sample. Do, yeah, they really yeah. have an intense program, don't yeah. they? Because basically, like, 365 days a year, these guys can, can show up and, and test you. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's but a it seems pretty, to be pretty um uh, not unreliable, but there have been a lot of a lot of false positives and, and tainted supplements seem to be the play that uh, athletes will use to maybe you know conveniently get out of trouble. You mm-hmm, could say, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. It, it definitely seems to not be guaranteed by any means that it's it, true. steroids are going away or that someone's actually been busted. Yeah, yeah. Do you like really feel like that their program is like clean cleaned up their sport? Like I don't know exactly, but um, yeah, I guess it's it commendable that they're that they're trying it. But you know, with all this. 
picogram stuff. Mm-hmm. It all feels very high level. A lot of stuff I don't I don't quite understand, and so I'm like, uh, even now I'm, I probably am like more confused. Like, what's a positive test and what's a negative test? Mm. But I don't know. I, I still think though. I, I still do think that it's a it's a ultimately a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And you know, I hope to see it implemented more. You know, I think it makes sense to have it all the majors. Yeah. Um, just kind of get that out of the way. I don't know how Brazilers would even work. Maybe go through WADA instead of USADA. But um, in any case, great step forward from the IBJJF. And yep, hats we'll off keep to you guys, guys out there informed of any other breaking PED mm-hmm. news. Yep. And I think it also depends on the athlete. I, I spoke to uh, Lucas Dupree pretty recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he's kind of hinting that, you know, he's coming towards the end of his competition career. And one of the things that you know, he's very proud of is, you know, not participating in that mm, and mm. accomplished everything that he's accomplished and, you know, ha- having to work even harder to accomplish those things. Um, and so I think it, it just depends on the athlete. You know, what do you want your legacy to say? And, you know, um, you know, what kind of style, you know, mm, how, what's mm. your approach to tournament is. That's a great point. What do you think? Was, was Lucas, um, I don't know, did he have anything negative to say about, about like the, the flip side or about the pe- people who, who support PDs or was he um no not really he you know I think it was just more pride in in the way that he's chosen to approach his uh, competition career Mm -hmm. and um you know he kind of hinted that you know uh you know he was he didn't know which athletes were and were not but he kind of you know had an idea which ones were um and to be able to get victories and to take titles over those guys was something that you know now uh you know he's he's very proud of do you think it um it tarnishes the legacy of some of these guys who have who have pa- popped in the past or, or something like that. Do you think that that the it kind of ruins their legacy or possibly? But I, I think maybe one of the biggest things is uh, internally for those guys that at the end of the day, you know, they know that they've gone into tournaments, you know, being juicy and um, you know maybe some of them don't have issues with that, but maybe some of them do. Maybe mm-hmm. it you know kind of you know taints those accomplishments for them. Eats away at him deep down. Maybe, deep down. maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's having a great time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're just jacked and like having a great time. Um, any case, very interesting times in the sport. It's great to see professionalism making more and more inroads here. Yeah, uh, but let's let's switch it up a little bit. So yeah. let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. I want to talk to you guys. We have two of the foremost, you know, filmmakers in jujitsu in, in in the room. Uh, one of them being me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. And, um, I want to know what it, what you guys go into a shoot with. Like, um, what comes to mind right now is the Marcelo Garcia walk and talk. So, for the viewers out there who haven't seen it, you know, Reed got an amazing two-hour-long interview with Marcelo where it just talks about the scope of his life, ADCC, really great stuff. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it now on the site. But how do you uh, how do you prepare for like a monumental endeavor like that? You know, you're gonna get Marcelo, or at least you hope you are, <laughs> and this is your shot. You know, you know, how do you game plan and, and what do you what are you bringing with you that day? What are you walking up with in your pocket? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, sometimes these these uh, shoots are um, are a whirlwind, you know, especially flying out to New York or flying out to Miami. Ryan can, can tell you, right, we pack those days and we're going from the gym and then jumping in the car and running, doing an, another interview yeah. and, and, and running out and to the to another training session, you know, so so it can get get a little hectic and you just got to try to try to uh you know make the most of of the day and everything like that but definitely with Marcelo going into Marcelo you know I just wanted to make sure that I was that I was an expert on on Marcelo and his career and things like that so I you know 
I just didn't want to be stumped on anything or I didn't want to, you know, be um, uninformed on anything. Of, of course, I, to some extent, I, I was because, you know, he's telling me stories that nobody had ever heard or he's telling me, you know, things that, it, that uh, I wasn't familiar with. But that's mostly what I try to do. I don't, I don't really, like, um, write a lot of questions or anything like that. I'll write some, some questions that I want to hit on. But um, f- to me, like, I feel like the most important thing when, is when I do some of these interviews is, is to, like, just, just listen to, wh- to what they're, they're talking about. And I feel like if I, if I get too set in on, um, on like, my, my ten questions or something like that, then I don't, like, really engage and, and listen to actually what he's, like, saying to me. So I try to just keep a, a loose outline, but I just try to make sure that I, I'm um, very current and up-to-date on, on his story, his, his – um, his uh, athletic career, you know, his accomplishments, that type of thing, um, and then uh, you know, you gotta you gotta be a little spontaneous, right? Just kind of mm-hmm. let it let it go where it goes, and and let it have its have its own thing, um, and let it let it do its let the conversation kind of steer where it steers. I like um, a little bit more organic flow, um, but you know, a lot, a lot of different ways ways to do do those types of things. Um, how about you, Ryan? You, you got. Um, Got any pointers or anything like that? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you you just gotta show up and gotta gotta get to know them as his people first, right? True, get true. to That's you know, important. like getting to know anybody. You gotta yeah. be able to empathize with their perspective on jujitsu, and we all have our own, and none of them are wrong. And uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things that's helped me is trying to get them to go back to the beginning. You know, and that's something that you know you and I both share. You know, you you were asking those guys like you know, what was it like your first ADCC title, you know, the first time that you did that, or, you know, even before that, you know, what got you into uh, jiu-jitsu? Um, just really trying to get, you know, a, a background all the way from the beginning, you know, who these guys are as uh, off the mat. I think that's really important is to get, you know, yes, they're a competitor. Yes, they've accomplished like so much in the sport, but, you know, um, getting to know them a- as a person, I think that that's when you get uh, some of the most emotional responses and uh, some of some of the best interviews I've I've ever had um, come from those emotional moments. Mm. I totally agree. I think I think that's important. Sorry, Chase. no, no, go ahead. Um, to to have a rapport with with the subject or with the people that you're documenting and things like that. You know, it's um, you know, it's a two way street for sure. You know, they're helping you out and and hopefully you're helping them out as well in some way. Um, but I think. That that that's definitely important to, to have a rapport before yeah. before you know you, you go out there and do some filmmaking things and, and afterwards whatever as well you know that the relationship deserves you know that um, the the whole time to be you know yeah. to be you guys to have this relationship so I also think their you know their their legacy as a competitor right like because you know not not everybody wants the same to get the same thing out of jujitsu. Uh, some people want to be remembered more for this or more for that. And I think uh, being able to uncover, you know, why why do they get up in the morning? Like, why are they working hard? You know, is it because they want to be ADCC absolute champion? Is it because they, they want to, you know, raise a big competition? Like, whatever whatever their, their why is, I think uh, really asking those, those questions that uncover that is a big part of uh, doing what we do. Got a question for you guys then. And I, I think, um, get it. Why, why do you do it? This is a qu- this, no, 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 no. <laughs> what, what is uh, what's our purpose here? I feel like uh, sometimes that's that's missed out. A lot of a lot of people don't realize that we're also trying to build a legacy a little bit too. I think you know it's not ours. You know it's it's, it's the sports. Like, like like to me, I love seeing these stories told because it's unavailable before, or at least you know you had to really dig somewhere to find it. And 
man, that's what I love seeing come out. These trips and these these um, I don't know these, these mm, films that come mm. out. It's just the stories being told. Mm. I feel like it's like man, we we only get one shot usually, you know, to, to tell a Renato's uh, story, Roberto's story, or or to do these uh, do an interview with with Marcelo or something like that. It's like usually you only get you only get one shot, you know. And it's like you're not going to go back and, and redo it, and, or you know you're not going to be able to tell this same story, you know. So it's like I always just feel like I, I have to do it justice because you only get one shot, mm. you know. So it's that's always my mentality of of I don't know if that's a why I do it, but I just it, you know these these stories are so important. They really like, like are you know, and it's a history of of the sport that you know in some cases ha- been, hasn't been told before or, or some things like that so i always just want people to or i i want myself to i just i just want to be able to do do these epic stories of triumph and, and defeat yeah. and you know these these such big um big things i just want to do it justice but i don't know if that answers your question yeah, but that works yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what about you chase you've done a bunch of this stuff too what do you what do you think? Oh, man. For me, you know, I, I come at it a little bit of a different approach. You know, I definitely would not categorize myself as a filmmaker. I'm more of like a, a beat journalist. You know, I, I love just like dropping myself in and try, trying to capture what's happening in front of me as, as authentically as possible. You know, I, I think um, it resonates, too, with the viewers out there. Like, they want to be in the room, too. I, I think more than anything else, um, people want to see what the training is like, what these guys are actually like. And sometimes you get that just for some raw footage, you know, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. 15 minutes of, of training, you know. So for me, I, I love being in the room and just seeing what greatness looks like, what it smells like, you know. That's what I'm always trying to to put put on film. So mm-hmm. I yeah. love this. I love this game. We were talking about this earlier. This game of um, trying to get as like close to the action <laughs> as possible <laughs> without getting like hit your camera kicked, yeah. which my camera's gotten kicked multiple mm-hmm. times. Multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's that's one of my favorite games to 100%. play. Is try yeah. try to get as close to the action without like getting trampled and everything like that. I've been trampled. Had Bichesha follow me at uh, 2017 World Championships. Almost took me out for the rest of the tournament. Yeah. Man, the first time I went to (laughs) Atos to film uh, Andre and those guys, man, it was like, it it was kind of one of my first um, experiences in like an intense, you know, room where these guys are just like going after it, you know? And I was sitting there in the corner against the wall and um, Andre like drove this guy double leg, drove him straight into the wall they fell straight on top of <laughs> and I just froze for a second and I was like oh they're gonna move no they weren't gonna move <laughs> you know like oh. they just got keep kept wrestling on top of me and I was like oh I have to move yeah. that's right yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then sure. I scrambled out but uh yeah yeah that, uh, that uh, you know happens occasionally <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we, uh, it's such a big part about you know why we do what we do is like Jiu-jitsu is such a great sport, and it helps so many people, but um, I think it's it's not the best spectator sport sometimes, you know? Like, to, to show, you know, your mom and dad or a friend that has never uh, mm. experienced jiu-jitsu, they don't really know what they're, they're watching a lot of the time, you know? So, you know, I, I think a, a big reason why we do this is, is to grow the sport and, you know, to try to find, like, creative ways in order to get people who haven't been exposed to it uh, to try to get them on the mat for the first time Um, because ultimately I mean yeah to to cover to cover the the athletes that sacrifice so much right like most of them go through very uh, tough times financially when they're up and coming and then you know at at the very top I think there's uh, you know there's a percentage that that do very well but I I think to to really um, to do our best creatively to kind of tell their story and to show that that road and to show that transformation process, 
uh, throughout their career. I, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's the best way that we can do our job. Yeah, that's very true. It's, I feel like that's like a, unofficially all of our jobs as well <laughs> is, to, is to like convince every person that we know to try jujitsu. I'm sure it's yeah. everybody out there's job, right? Is like once you've gotten bit by the jujitsu bug, it's like your duty yeah. to, to make sure that like yeah. every person you know has at least tried jujitsu. Yes. You yeah. can't get your blue belt without inviting somebody. Like that's yeah. part of the rules. Yeah, yeah. Ray, there's a guy named Ray at our company. He's our, our CCO actually, high up, high up in the, the flow organization. That's pretty close to getting his blue belt, I'd say. And man, he's dragging everybody in now to talk yeah. to him. Yeah. He's got Loves like it. three new people that have, have started training with us at our academy. Yeah, so, yep. flow sports was a wrestling company at one it, point but it's slowly <laughs> switching to be <laughs> a jiu-jitsu dark company side, now yeah. <laughs> got a couple of wrestlers trains. coming in now huh yeah. mm-hmm. yep. cp uh one mm-hmm. of the main guys on on frl live uh flow wrestling's podcast yep. gave him two geese this morning so yeah. he actually said he actually said i like jiu-jitsu a lot better than wrestling oh he said what? that he said that oh. to me he, those are his direct words shots fired yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah wrestling is just so hard it's so hard. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not a fan. Especially like, you know, wrestling is kind of informal. It's at our, our gym, there aren't so many guys. And I'm going to use this excuse. Everyone's way bigger than me, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't like getting tackled by a dude with 30 pounds on me. That hurts. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. hurts a lot. For sure. No, I remember Ben Askren t- throwing shade at the um, jiu-jitsu classes. Mm-hmm. We talked about mm-hmm. that at one point, I remember. but Saying they weren't structured and they weren't tough. Or yeah, there's yeah. kind of a couple guys laying around. But I don't know, man. Like a jiu-jitsu class is just so much more... Um, I don't know. It's easier, but it's just it's just more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I feel like than, than a wrestling class because I'm just like the whole time like looking at the clock. I'm like, oh my god, I still have another hour of, of getting of falling down and getting back up. You uh, you mentioned going back a little bit, Ryan. That jujitsu can be kind of hard to watch, especially if you don't know what it is. Yeah. It's it's the game, right? It's every pro show's uh, goal to make jujitsu a, a sport that's enjoyable to watch. What would you guys do? You know, has anyone hit gotten right? Is there is it overtime rules? Does Weapons. It add a little bit of gamification. Weapons. We- weapons. weapons. <laughs> Let's do it. I've seen the Russian team MMA stuff. That's pretty cool. I don't know. What's the, so? How do you make jujitsu more exciting? If you could make your your own rule set or or change one rule to make jujitsu more exciting, what would it be? <sighs> Slams. Slams. It's already in there. I fight to win. Slams. Fight to win is pretty fun to watch. I would say. Uh, For me, I want ring out points. I've watched so many matches where guys yeah. will play the boundaries, yeah. and as a way to almost stall but also not get scored on, yeah. make that a make that an offensive move and put them out of bounds. You get a point. I think we'll see a lot more clashes, you know, head to head, you know, momentum in general, mm-hmm. um, as well as getting the match to the ground. Like if you don't want to worry about being pushed out of bounds or being taken down, you'll go to the ground. And mm-hmm. I think the most entertaining part of jiu-jitsu really is, you know, the groundwork, not the and, wrestling. And, and there is a, a fleeing the mat penalty in in most jujitsu rule sets but mm-hmm. the, the, this is different than, than that this yes yeah this is actually you can score like if you see your opponent you know kind of playing the boundaries just push them out of bounds you get a point let's say or and uh you know you will you see guys not standing there anymore Imagine on the, that. yeah on the boundary yeah it, like just like a, a wrestling mat you know it's true it's, it's a it's a good way to force the action when you have to have the action be taking place in this in this circle you know so i do i do agree that that would be a really a good good rule rule change. Um, how do you make jiu-jitsu more exciting? Yeah, it's yeah, tough. I, I, it's tough. It, it's, yeah, I think you're right that it's it's um you know unless like you you really do it, you don't quite 
get the full grasp of it. Not that it can't be exciting to to the the layman or, or anything like that, because I think you know some sometimes you know, some of these fight to win main events and things like that, or some of these Kasai shows. I think if you've never done jujitsu, you can show up and still have a good time, yeah. you know. But um, but definitely, it's just it's just ten times more exciting if if you really know that the chess match that's that's playing out, you know, uh, um, you know these these little small intricate. Um, movements or, or grips and things like that. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's the the presentation yeah. we could change a, a little bit. More too. flames? More, definitely, definitely <laughs> more flames, more uh, ravens, oh, four, no. four to five <laughs> ravens we need um, at every show. <laughs> Release the birds. <laughs> I guess going back to... Hopefully the, you guys will never know what that means. Yeah, we'll, yeah, fi- so. we'll find out. <laughs> uh, what, why did you guys first step on the mat? Like what got you into the gym for the first time? Was it like friend or? All right, I got a confession to make. Uh oh, I was doing karate. <laughs> <laughs> you heard what it here. I've nerd. never. I know what a nerd. <laughs> but that led me to watching MMA, and I was like, oh, MMA is pretty cool. And I started watching a lot more MMA, and of course, Machida was my hero at the time. This is like 2011, 2012. He was like confirming your, your, yeah, your like, karate bias. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing the right thing here. <laughs> Look at the other Machida <laughs> knocking fools out. But eventually, I realized I was, I was in San Diego, and there was um, a Team Noguera gym right there, and you know, Noguera brothers, of course, like two of the greatest of all time, and it's like, well, I kind of want to check this out, and had every intention of doing MMA, yeah. and went in there, and was like, well, I I know how to strike. Obviously, I'm good there. So <laughs> I, I should do some, some groundwork and start doing jiu-jitsu. I did it all for a little while, um, but it was just too hard. It's like I ran to do with a job. And it's like, man, I just want to do jiu-jitsu, actually. So yeah. stop doing karate yeah. completely, like almost immediately. Like, I think I did one jiu-jitsu class. It's like, yeah, I'm not going back to that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. And I just Got stuck it. with it. Had a, had a blast. And then I ended up here. It's crazy. So that was my story in a nutshell. It's crazy. What about you, Reed? Yeah, my story's probably a lot similar. MMA, you know, Joe Rogan probably, um, that that type of thing. You know, I think eventually. How many guys has Joe Rogan gotten into yeah, jiu-jitsu, it's man? True. It's true. Got to be in the thousands. Yeah, yeah it really easily. is true. Definitely. But, yeah, just, just watching MMA, um, you know, learn, learning more about that and, and hearing Joe probably talk about the benefits and hearing maybe some others. I mean, I think the really thing that really got me, like, hooked on jiu-jitsu was the kumite. Was, mm. was seeing um, uh, Keenan and, and Gary and, and um, Victor Silverio and AJ and all those guys. When I watched that on um, on YouTube, mm-hmm. that was definitely mm-hmm. the thing that like really drew me in and like you know had a story behind it. I was like, who's this crazy skinny um, American dude who's just like whooping up everybody else out there? That that and I think the Kumite is is another legendary um, video that I, I probably convinced a lot of people to do jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah. But what about you, Ren? Yeah, similar story. Um, I saw Forrest Griffin, a documentary that was made on him. And Forrest is like a little bit different than most of the MMA fighters <laughs> out there, right? He's uh, a little bit more relatable. And so yeah. decided to go in and try MMA and uh, went into a class and thought I'd be doing more striking. And then all of a sudden it was like a jiu-jitsu class. And so, yeah, just kind of went along with jiu-jitsu. And the more I did MMA, the more I found myself like going to jiu-jitsu classes and you know, not being punched in the face was a little better. Yeah, you know, better. it's a good yeah. perk, yeah, way yeah, for sure. <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah, crazy how that works out, huh? Before we forget, we do have a little clip here, right? Oh, from a, totally a, a Galvao piece. So yeah, we Caleb. just dropped a sweet, like, 10-minute oh, video incredible. of Galvao talking about his super fight with Felipe Pena. And, uh, man, it's super cool. But let's, let's yeah, run yeah, this let's, clip Let's roll this video yeah. real, real let's quick. This, this is upcoming. I don't think so. 
Philippe is a tough opponent. He's on fire. I know he will come like hot, but I'm doing my best as well to cool him down and 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 get my spot again. When that man is on a mission, he's a force. 24/7, he's thinking about it. Man, this guy's an animal. <laughs> every every time that I roll with him, you know, I have some fear. Every time that you fight, there's, there's always that, like, ah, you know? I think he really wants to finish his career in, like, in a good position. It's kind of like a, a fulfillment of a journey. Hey, we're back, I think. Okay. <laughs> Galval versus Penn. Let me ask you guys. Obviously, this one is happening um, September 29th at ADCC. I believe it's like the second to last match. They're going to play this one. Then they're going to do the um, absolute final. I mm. believe how, how they're going to do it. Galval, Penna, uh, you know, you, you heard them. There's a little bit of a, of a rivalry there. They're two and two. Is this the, the biggest ADCC super fight that they've ever put together? Yeah, what a great question. I think so. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm just, I mean, there's so much at stake, right? Like, like uh, this is Andre's actual retirement. You know, he kind of retired, but this was always looming in the background. And now this is it. And he, of course, is, it's the rubber match between him and Felipe. Mm-hmm. Will he ride off into the sunset as the greatest Nogi competitor of all time? Or will Felipe kind of take that crown, actually? So yeah. I think that's, that's what's at stake here, really. Plus some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, Andre is a, is a accomplished a, a lot in the sport, you know, and and if he beats Felipe, the, who's the the younger, you know, kind of more in his prime athlete, you know, I think that's definitely you're, you're totally right. That's definitely what's at stake here is is the greatest nogi grappler of all time. Because of course Felipe's Felipe's beaten Gordon twice. Um, he's beaten um, Bouchesha, you know. He's he's um, he's beaten Rafael Lovato Jr. Um, he's got a lot of lot of feathers in his cap. So um, you know, if if Andre were to be able to take take him out, yeah, that would be pretty big. It'd be pretty big. I think so. The stock predictions. I know we've talked it before, but we're gonna talk it every single day until it's ADCC, probably <laughs> yeah. amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling today, Reed? What, what's the vibe today on the super fight? Man, I'm, especially after we just released the Andre video. You know, it's just like it's a uh, man. Andre, he's a uh, he is a force. He's a specimen, you know, and I think that I've, I've said this before, you know, that I feel like there's going to be nobody um, at ADCC more ready mm. than Gal Val. You know, I think he's he's one of the guys who, pro- I don't know, he probably has the most experience there at the tournament, right? Is there anybody who, who maybe is there? Shanji's not going to be there. Um, I think Rustam's on four. Andre's Rustam. on his fifth. Or no, this will be his sixth ADCC, I think. Because I think in that it's video he says fight. three, third to five, fifth, ADCC, 20, uh, 2009. So yeah, I think this will be a sixth ADCC. Yeah, you're right. Ten years of ADCC for for Andre. Ten years of ADCC for Cyborg as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe Cyborg has has a lot of has a lot of um, <coughs> experience there as well. Those guys, of course, fought in 2013 or that no, 15, 2015. 2015 mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Cyborg won the absolute, beat Bouchesha in 2013, graduated the super fight. Um, so, I, like I said, I, I really don't think there's going to be anybody more ready than than Andre. Just being there, um, he's he's so focused on this. It's it's one match. He knows what Felipe. You know, both guys know what they each, each other bring to the table. Um, you know, man, prediction though, prediction, huh? Put you on the spot. <laughs> Put me yeah. on the spot. You know, I, I think I'm 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 flipping flopping. I'm I'm going back and forth. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of wrestling and. Um, 
yeah, I think I think it's gonna be hard to to, to bet against Andre, but um, mm. but Felipe Felipe is uh, is the guy to do it if somebody can. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm flipping and flopping every day. I have a different uh, opinion about this. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's Andre as well. You know, I, I want to see him. You know, ultimately, like you know, uh, finish his career out strong. And I mean, what a great legacy to, you know, all that hard work and then to take ADCC super fight against Felipe. I mean, what's what's better than that, right? Yes. Uh, you know, Andre stands a great chance. I, I think. Uh, the re- wrestling is such a key component to ADCC. I, I've been doing every single week a, a little study of, of the champions from last year, or 2017, I should say, and it's almost unanimously won by wrestling. Whether, whether they've had a great sprawl and like used that to go to the back or you know just not been taken down, almost anyone's points are almost 80% from takedowns. It's, there's not a lot of passing going on. It's almost straight to the back if, if that's what happens, is a takedown and a bat take. So I think Andre's wrestling could be considered superior in a way. Plus his stature, he's much shorter than Felipe. True. So for Felipe to get down under him and double leg him just seems like pretty unrealistic. But um, you never know, really. But I think age matters, you know. And this is this is a physical contest that could that's go a, a very long time. You know, I, I don't want to say that's the only factor that that will give Felipe an edge here, but I think it's pretty important. And um, I, I think also Felipe's guard could really shine here. You know, maybe he will uh, pull guard, which will be a negative point from the beginning. So ADCC rules are a little weird because as the rounds advance, so do the rules. They change slightly. You're penalized from the get-go in, in the finals or super fight final for pulling guard. Where in other matches, you, you actually have half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the, other, uh, in the other rounds, I should say, besides the final, you are allowed to pull in the first half of the match and you will not be penalized. However, in the finals, you are. But maybe Felipe feels that like that's his strongest weapon where he can he can maybe sweep or, or go for a submission a leg lock or whatever else i don't know i'm curious to see how felipe approaches the match because i don't think he'll really want to wrestle that long with andre and it could be 40 minutes so mm-hmm. i wonder when uh, the switch goes yeah you know wh- when does he change it up but for me i'm gonna take felipe just so we aren't all unanimously andre i think it's i think <laughs> it's almost impossible to call as well but well, i I want to see the strategy. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, that's the other thing, too, is, like, these guys have fought four times. They've split two and two each time, so it's clear that, that both of them are capable of beating the other one. You know, this will be the first time that they've met um, without the gi. You know, I think that'll definitely change um, change a lot of things, uh, but it'll be it'll be curious to see, see how it all, all goes down. Yeah. On that bombshell, then, folks, I think uh, – Let's wrap it up a little bit early this week. We have a lot going on here ourselves, a lot of video to process. Stay tuned for all the amazing stuff coming from from, uh, Fight Sports. I think there's even a 20-minute training video already live on the site now with a lot more to come. Those guys are going crazy. And uh, you'll see his here. I believe next week we'll be back around with uh, more stuff coming. You can watch, of course, we're, we're maybe leaving this out, but do not forget that Nogi Pans goes down oh, yes. this weekend yeah, in New York City. Right. And uh, there's been some late-minute additions. Keenan Cornelius, Paul Meow, Johnny Grippo. Mm-hmm. Uh, All guys who are going to be at ADCC trying to get in a, a last-minute warm-up, it looks like, or, you know, just a little little test themselves before the big show. So, you know, you could see some some really cool matches there. Yep, we got Howell and uh, Michael Sears down on the ground there. They're bringing you all the content and coverage. And uh, you can always watch it live and on demand, of course, on flowgrappling.com. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the next episode of A Fistful of Callers.